Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Nomad Strength Show. We've got a really fun one today because we're talking about something that I have been talking to you guys about on this show. If you've listened to it for any amount of time, you've probably heard it come up a couple of times, and that's saunas. And we're talking about saunas today with somebody who makes saunas. My guest today is Pete Nelson, founder of Sisu Saunas, Sisu Lifestyle on Instagram, on the webs. And we're talking all about saunas today, talking about the health benefits, which, you know, it's become kind of this trendy mainstream thing almost the last few years. But I promise you that does not diminish from how effective and how beneficial they actually are for your health. They pretty much will improve every aspect of your health, your fitness, your recovery, your longevity, your training, your sleep, everything. We talk about the the crazy story of how the company actually came to be after they thought they were going to be done with it forever. Um, some definite providential hands at work putting this company together, which was awesome to hear this story. And we also talk a lot about uh, hunting. We talk a lot about endurance and ultra endurance training. Pete has done more than 25 ultra marathons. Uh, so you know I was interested about that. We talked a lot about that. We talked about family. We talked about these bugs that metaphorically bite you that make us want to be motivated and drive after these crazy things and why that happens. Anyways, you all are going to love this episode. And Pete has been super gracious and offered the listeners of this pod a code to save some money on one of the saunas. If you guys go and listen to this podcast and then you go and try to buy one of their saunas, you can use the code Coach Ross Hillier. And you'll be able to save some money. I'm also going to put that link in the show notes. So please go check these guys out. Go support what they're doing. Awesome people making an awesome product. So without further ado, let's get into my guest episode this week with Pete Nelson. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Nomad Strength Show. Got a uh, a special guest here today. Going to talk about some stuff that we've talked about a handful of times. I don't even know how many times, just because I'm all about saunas and uh, saunas and ice baths and everything that comes with it. And we got an expert and a businessman in that arena coming on today. So I'm joined by Pete Nelson of Sisu Saunas, and uh, we're going to rap about this stuff for a while, and I'm excited to, to talk to you about it, man. Thanks for making time. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity, Ross. Um, the, you know, sauna, cold plunge, that's like where my heart's at right now. It's been so much fun. Yeah. And um, I just got back from Nashville this past weekend, and we had 40 people in one of our um, one of my good friend's backyards, Todd Anderson, all doing sauna and cold plunge. And it was this insane, you know, I think that there were some people doing five to seven cycles of sauna ice uh, just on oh, Saturday dude. afternoon, good vibes, good yeah. music. It was just so cool because you're bringing people together. But, you know, sauna cold plunge is where it's at. And um, I'm super excited to talk about it. Yeah, well, let's just start right there. I mean, I, I my sort of experience an intro into that world I've, I've told the story a few times but I, I so I won't do the whole thing again but I remember listening to the very first uh podcast that Wim Hof did with Tim Ferriss back in like 2014 or something like yeah. that and uh and that was my kind of jumping in the deep end point of figuring out what was this cold plunge stuff about because you know I was an athlete and I did the ice tub the ice tub stuff after practice but like I didn't know why and I didn't know if I was doing it right and looking back on it now, I would have probably been doing things a lot differently, you know. And uh, I remember that was right when I started coaching. And so having that sort of, holy cow, what is this? This seems like everybody needs to be doing this, like this revelatory moment, you know. So like what what was your sort of revelatory moment? Like where did it come from for you when you realized like, holy cow, this is something? Um, probably like you, you know, I, I've been an athlete my whole life and my first cold plunging experiences were in the, uh, the trainers, you know, the, the athletic trainers, you know, room yep. we had at our high school, we had a pretty big high school. So we were very fortunate that we had good funding and, uh, yeah. we had like one of those legit commercial, you know, the, uh, 
cold tubs that you know the water would circulate and the whirlpool yeah oh yeah <laughs> i remember you know we would sprain our ankles the whole thing and we we're like all right well, what are you supposed to do you're supposed to ice it so we just jump in and you know sometimes we would you know have yep. like ego measuring tests to see who could stay in the longest and um obviously this is like well before all the research and all of the um you know cold immersion making waves on the on, on social happen but i would definitely say uh as you started moving into like 2020, 2021, 2022, uh, that's when I started to reintroduce it again. And, uh, you know, buying, I went out and bought one of the uh, Rubbermaid tubs and would just fill it with ice in the backyard. And, you know, being here in um, Cleveland, Ohio, um, we are very fortunate that it's cold for six months out of the year. So cold immersions, you know, I don't have to buy ice. Uh, during not difficult years, so, um, I started to just do more regular cold plunging, and um, obviously it, it made a significant impact on my mood, and my anxiety, and my, my general mm-hmm. energy levels. So, but then it became a social experience too. You started uh, getting more people uh, included as part of the experience, and you're getting people kind of out of their um, out of their comfort zones so it's always fun when you're intru- when you're introducing cold plunge and cold immersion to people that have never done it before so yeah so i would definitely say like yeah. 2020 was like the reintroduction and was sauna kind of happening at the same time as that because it, i remember if for me it was a little while maybe it was maybe even a couple years before and i and i'm sure that it was brian mckenzie and laird and gabby hamilton and them who were like who I heard talking about the real benefits of saunas first. And that was, I remember it being a couple of years into like all of this with the breath work and the cold. And um, that's, I think obviously something for a lot of people that's not as accessible for, you know, unless you like a local health club has a sauna that you can hop into. Cause you know, it's, it's, less it's a lot easier of a setup to just go get a hundred a hundred dollar hundred gallon tub and let it sit outside in the winter to be able to hear you know to just go try something but to to get a sauna set up it's it's a little bit more difficult so but but it wasn't until i started doing that that i'm like oh there's a real balance to the the extreme cold and the extreme heat and then there's people like Rhonda patrick who are talking about all the research with heat shock proteins and all that stuff and then it just became like the thing. And it was really kind of cool. Cause it kind of seemed, I remember it being, I'm glad everybody is, is getting on this. Cause I'm tr- still trying to figure all this out too. Sure. So with the sauna thing, was that happening a lot of the same time with you? Yeah. So, um, to kind of give you like our backstory sauna for us, um, you know, at least in my life was introduced in around 2019, 2020. And so, my really good uh, friend, very close family friend, and now a business partner with Sisu, uh, Nick Dadis, he went on this incredible XPT experience with Laird Hamilton uh, and jumped in yeah. a barrel sauna. And this was like well before yeah. saunas became mainstream here in the US. Yeah. And he was so infatuated with this experience that he had doing the rounds of sauna and ice because. It, Again, it's just nobody's done it in the United States. And so he he experienced it. And then as he came back home, uh, he told me about it. And so when he was explaining this whole thing to me, he was like, dude, I got to get one for my backyard. And so he ended up buying one for his yard and found out through uh, buying that there was nobody in Ohio that was the dealer of the specific manufacturer. And that specific manufacturer also manufactured Laird Hamilton's barrel. So we were like, oh, wow, this is like a quality barrel. And so we got to a point where he got, uh, he reached out to me. He was like, Hey, like, what do you think about doing this like side hustle, like sauna dealer business just on the side? Basically we have, we would have the rights to the state of Ohio for anybody that would want to buy one. And I was like, yeah, like, why not? Let's do it. And uh, it was like definitely in my scope uh, for me because I've been in the wellness industry uh, for about 10 years. And um, I, uh, you know, was a trainer, then a general manager, then owned this gym that, uh, you know, we scaled from 30 members to 400 plus members. So I was looking for another way to expedite recovery for our athletes. And so it just kind of went hand in hand. And within that first year of experiencing sauna and then dealing saunas, we would probably get like one sale a month. Um, COVID hit 
And when mm. COVID hit, there was all these surcharges on wood, you know, like 10 to 20% surcharges on cedar, 11th, 11 month lead time, sometimes even past that, um, you know, decreasing or uh, decreasing quality of craftsmanship and a, a number of other things that became, you know, extremely unmarketable for us. And um, again, we, at this time, we had already, uh, you know, claimed the name of Sisu as our business. And it was actually called Sisu Lifestyle, it wasn't Sisu Sauna, uh, because we wanted it to be kind of like a lifestyle brand. And so what was so wild was that when that, uh, when all those issues hit with COVID, we ended up, you know, not even selling a sauna for a year straight. It was 12 months of not a single sauna sale. And I remember being like, this is like totally not worth our time. And then as you, I think it was, yeah, it was last March, um, Nick and I, we were on an early morning trail run and we're like, maybe we should just dissolve this dealership and just go in our separate directions. And, you know, you know, it was fun, you know, and yeah. 10 minutes later, after making that decision of ending the dealership, we we're like, you know what, there's actually an issue here that needs to be solved. And that is probably going to involve us becoming the manufacturer. Like maybe we should go into oh, action yeah. ourselves. And so we started just kind of rattling off, like what would make, what would be like the perfect sauna? What would be the perfect lead time? What would be the perfect heater? What would be like, who would be like the perfect builder? And so we just started, you know, throwing these ideas out there of like the perfect world scenario. And I'm a perfect world scenario guy. Like if we're going to do something, yeah. we want it to be done the right way. And mm -hmm. So literally 15 minutes later, after saying that we were going to be done with this dealership, we were like, we're going to manufacturing. And, <laughs> and so that was last March. And uh, CSU got off the ground in August of this past year. And uh, we've been, you know, a year plus into the, into the endeavor. And it's been an absolute blessing. So that's kind of like the introduction. That's awesome. You know, we got we got introduced to traditional sauna therapy through this dealer, and then we went into manufacturing ourselves, and it's been so much fun. That's awesome. So I have, I have two things I want to spin off from from there. So first, can you give the story of the name and and how, what it means and why you guys chose that name? Yeah. So Sisu, um, that's like the Americanized version of saying it. Um, in Finland, in the Finnish language, it's called Sisu. And Sisu is this concept. We don't have a word in the English language that can quite uh, extrapolate the meaning of it, but it would be most loosely referred to as a concept that refers to perseverance, tenacity, bravery, and grit. So the idea of Sisu and this concept of Sisu is that when perseverance ends, Sisu begins. It's like the, the this is actually a, a real story uh one of my good friends who is who is finnish um we asked him what sisu meant to him and he said that the easiest way for me to describe sisu is a woman giving birth and you know wow. I'm, I'm a father of two right my yeah. wife's an absolute yeah. champ um you know she's incredible and seeing like what she went through it gave me chills when he said that because there's nothing better to explain Sisu than complete adversity, pain, going through it and coming out with a new perspective and a new lens on life. And so when we That's found, cool. and so Sisu, uh, obviously, well, I should say uh, in Finland and, and in the, uh, the, the, the Finnish culture, sauna is a true way of life. Uh, this, yeah. this is a real stat. For every two people in Finland, there's one sauna. And what's also, That's crazy, awesome. and what's also crazy is that um, it, it's one of the cloudiest nations in the world, but they're the happiest nation in the world, right? So if you, if you yeah. consider many of the factors and many of the um, potential negative uh you know effects or, the, or the, the negative consequences of living in finland like they are truly like fulfilled as a population and a lot of that is due to them being in the sauna uh there's something about the shared suffering the heat the heat exposure of people facing one another in a sauna no phones it's after dinner and you're sweating there's something about that that brings people together that we don't we haven't been able to solve in the United States, and it's one of the reasons why 
I view it as a personal mission to start getting people in the sauna here in the U.S. because it's going to make a massive change in the health and wellness of, uh, of our population here. That's awesome. And, and to go along with that mission, now that you guys are in the manufacturing part of this, I mean, you talk about how different <laughs> within that 15 minutes, those two things that you guys decided to do were from going from let's just get rid of everything to now we're actually going to do this a hundred times bigger on and with 100 times more responsibility on our end right yeah. so from a manufacturing standpoint especially in these in these last you know this last year plus i'm thinking too where it still seems like building materials are maybe not as as much as it was a couple of years ago when it was just insane but it's still at this like elevated place like what what were the different challenges that you guys came into on the manufacturing side that maybe you were or weren't expecting when it came to putting all of this stuff together? Yeah. So like any business, there's, you know, challenges. And then obviously at the same time, like when you solve those are like the high moments that, that, that you get to experience. Yeah. Um, we were very, very fortunate right out of the get go that our craftsmen, the people who were building the saunas are all Amish. So we have an incredible Amish community nice. here on the east side of Cleveland, and they are so passionate about this project. It's not even funny. And they they were all, it was almost as if like they were looking for this project that they could like kind of rally mm. the troops around. Um, and then our manufacturer. So how do you? So, so sorry for interrupting. How do you even get into like into that community to to do something like this? I mean that I, yeah. I, from what I think I understand, it's always. They're, they're obviously more secluded, right? But how do you go about approaching them for business stuff? That's, that's surprising to me. Yeah, so this is part of our story. Um, so after we decided on going into manufacturing, obviously like you don't just say you're going to go to the manufacturing and you do it, right? Like there's a million steps in between. Right. <laughs> and so um, my business partner, Nick, um, he had a uh, connection in Amish country to uh, who is now a very, very close friend of mine, Mark. Uh, Mark Polari is from Finland. His dad's a first gen Finn and sauna like sauna is a way of life for him. I did not know this at all. So Nick's like, hey, you should give this guy a call. Uh, let's see, like if, you know, if he would be able to, you know, help provide us some sort of direction in the manufacturing realm. So. I jump on a call. Hey, Mark, I've got this crazy sauna concept. Um, I was told that you could potentially, you know, point me in the right direction to somebody who could help, you know, build these at mass scale. And he's like, I'm your guy. I was like, I was like, oh, really? Like, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean you're my guy? And he's like, I've got uh, an entire Amish workforce that we could bust these, bust these things out in three to four weeks. Um, I've got an incredible relationship with a uh, wood supplier in Idaho, so we could get Western Red Cedar in bulk. You know, hundred, you know, hundred saunas at a time. We could get them in bulk orders, and we will mill them on site. You know, we've got a hundred square, we've got a hundred thousand square foot facility that we could partner on together. Um, and what we could do is really dive in deep into like what your sauna wants to look and feel like. And then from there we could dial it in. So it blew my mind, but like what was, what was so crazy to me was that as I'm going to know him, he's like, yeah, actually, uh, four years ago, I owned my own, um, side company called Sisu designs, which was an Amish made furniture company. <laughs> Dude, there's no way, there's no way. And it, there's too many stars that were aligning. And uh, it was just, it almost felt like too good to be true. And um, it almost still kind of feels that way. So anyways, we went out and um, met him for coffee at um, at uh, the facility. Got to meet the guys. And, uh, you know, we threw some stuff into CAD and we rolled with uh, what was at the time our first prototype, which was a seven foot diameter by seven foot deep barrel. And... Um, 
nobody knows this actually, but uh, for the for the initial photos, we didn't put a heater inside the sauna. It was just like the barrel for the photos. So instead, yeah. uh, he put a um, a propane, like one of those like small propane heaters in there, and it reeked so oh, no. bad. It was definitely not good for you. Um, but so oh, that's hilarious. Our first ever barrel sauna that we created, we were originally going to call it the best barrel, which thank God we did not call it the best barrel. Um, and <laughs> we ended up pivoting and called it the Edwin barrel. And Edwin is the father of Mark, our manufacturing team lead. And the reason oh, nice. why it was coined the Edwin barrel is that Edwin actually came inside the barrel, sat down, like felt it out, you know, like sauna is a way of life for him too. So obviously he has to give his stamp of approval. Yep. So he just started randomly talking in Finnish to us. And like, obviously none of us could understand what he's saying. And he just cuts off and was just like, what I just said, um, or he, he's like, what I was trying to say is that whatever happens in a sauna between a man and a woman stays in the sauna. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Edwin's like an 85 year old, you know, like just stud and it was so funny that we were like man this is this is it this is the edwin barrel from now on yes so um the difference between that model and the model that's on the market now is like 55 plus different iterations since but the main uh the, uh, the wow. biggest uh, difference is that instead of a seven foot diameter it's a six foot diameter because we realize that nobody mm. really needs a seven foot diameter barrel um and like the product in uh, I, I should say like the the material cost was exponentially higher so just just for us to be able to get into the market at the price point we wanted we had we had to make it a little bit smaller sure the in the manufacturing part of this it, i think is so interesting because being able to source it like where you guys are i mean like you're bringing stuff from out here by me right like all this all this wood and everything, and then having the the good relationships and man, dude, that's so crazy about it already being named. His other thing being named. Oh, it's under. <laughs> <that's what> I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about that, and I'm like, that is star aligning we, stuff, man. We <laughs> always say, I mean, um, like distracted me when I rethought about it. I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah, we. Um, this was definitely not like a, a handpicked thing, but our team is like. Uh, ironically full of Christians. And so we always say like, it's yeah. a God thing, man. Like there's no way that like yep. all of these stars align. Like this is a God thing. Like there's totally. a reason why, you know, people, th there's a reason why we're trying to get more people in the sauna. Uh -huh. right now. So totally. I love it, man. That's a, yeah. And that's exactly what I was thinking too. I'm like, that is some, that is some providential hands at work to put all, to bring all that together. You know what I mean? Man. The, and then, so from, so from there, you guys actually have, um, one or two other size models now, correct? I mean, because you have the smaller, uh, I think that you said that the Edwin one is, I think the smaller one of the, so of the, the models you have. So the Edwin is the large one. That's uh, that's our- The larger one. Yeah. yeah. So that's our eight person. So it's a six foot diameter barrel by seven foot deep barrel. You could uh, squeeze eight in there. It's super comfortable with six. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Black Friday of last year, we unveiled the Eddie barrel, which is like the little brother to the Edwin, kind of like a plan oh, okay. to it. And uh, yeah. so that's a four foot deep barrel and it's six foot diameter. So you could squeeze four, but it's like truly made for two people. So for um, so for heat, it, I know you guys do uh, the do you guys do electric on on the the heat sources or do you have do you do wood fired stuff or do you both or what is your what is your method and is that your preference or do you enjoy one or the other more yeah really good question actually um i'm gonna like expound like on this answer a little bit because there's like i feel like this yeah. is a loaded question people need to know this so most people don't know the difference between infrared and traditional sauna therapy what people have been marketed yep. um is infrared so like where you see a lot of the people like with like the, the, the neon red lights and stuff and like the small, yep. that is not what we do. It's actually a complete different fuel source. So it'd be like, um, you know, it'd be like an, it would be like an electric Tesla versus a, um, F-150, you know, you know, gas, mm -hmm. right. It's different, completely mm -hmm. different. Um, that said infrared only gets up to about 150 to 160 degrees Fahrenheit um, yep. whereas traditional, you could get it all the way up to like, typically like 190. Um, 
But that said, with our saunas, what we realized is that all the research that is being done and uh, what the conclusions of those of that research is coming out with is that 80 degrees Celsius to 100 degrees Celsius is the main I, uh, is like the main uh, the heat threshold and um, uh, zone that you want to be in to create heat stress and heat adaptation. 80 degrees mm. Celsius is 176 degrees and then 100 uh, degrees Celsius around like 100 or 216 degrees. And so what okay. we found is that electric heaters turn off in the United States specifically have a cap at 190 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. Means that you're only going to get from like 80 degrees Celsius to about 85 degrees Celsius. And that was an issue because there's no way you could become heat adapted at 190 degrees if, you know, I, I should say you're going to adapt to the heat way too way too quickly sure. at 190 degrees, and you're never going to be able to push sure. that threshold. So we found out that there's this premium heater company called Hum H U M, and uh, they get their saunas up to 230 degrees, and they're the first sauna company in the United States. Uh, they're out of Estonia, but they just came to the United States a couple of years ago, and we were like, man, there's this synergy here with you know the way that the 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 research that is coming out and the sauna heaters that they're creating that there's a synergy that that we need to capitalize on and so we became we immediately were like this is the this is the heater company we have to work with um so we partnered with them uh right away at the inception of the company and so the electric heater is uh the the whom drop heater is absolutely gorgeous uh, it includes about 120 pounds of stone. Uh, it's Wi-Fi enabled, so I'm at, I'm actually able to turn on my sauna remotely from wherever I'm at in the world, as long as That's I have awesome. internet connection. Uh, I could put it onto a schedule. I could, you know, turn on. Um, you know, I could be like, hey, at eight o'clock tonight, I want it to be at 200 degrees, and then it'll it already be there. Uh, I could pour water on the rocks, the whole thing. It requires a 220 or a 240 line. A 30 amp breaker and it's hardwired directly into the sauna so it'd be like this mm. it'd be like a similar line that you would have to run for like a washer dryer type of setup sure and that said it's a lot different than infrared infrared again only gets up to 150 degrees but what that um what an infrared will do for you is that it will induce a sweat but what we're realizing is that outside of the sweat and the potential red light therapy that you get from it there's really not enough evidence that suggests that it's truly beneficial for you. Uh, whereas, again, all the research that's coming out for traditional sauna therapy between the 80 degrees Celsius to 100 degrees Celsius is completely different than that of infrared. Um, but what's also super interesting is that when you pull back the curtains on sauna, the inception of sauna was actually a wood-burning heater. And so yeah. way back in the day, they would create these rooms with animal skin and they would create a fire right and above that fire would be a bed of rock and then the rock would heat the room and so like mm -hmm. these like the initial infirmaries like the initial hospitals way back in the day when people would have a virus they would literally tell you to go and sweat it out so like the infirmary would actually be a sauna and um when you when you look at that, and then you look at how hot you could get a sauna with wood burn uh, with wood burning and no electric, um, there's no coincidence that you know wood burning saunas are still a thing today. So we also have outside of our whom uh, our whom drop uh, heaters, we also have a whom hive heat wood burning heater that includes mm. about 200 pounds of stone. And you could fill it, or you, you know, with kindling and a little bit of a, a little bit of wood, you get up to like 180 degrees within like 30 minutes, and then you could get that thing up to 240 degrees if you wanted, if you really wanted to stoke it up. Uh, it's a long-lasting burn. It's super efficient, um, and the way that the water dances and bounces off the rocks when you go to add steam is unlike anything. I prefer mm -hmm. that experience, but with the busyness in our all of our lives and the hecticness, yeah. Uh, it's not yeah. practical, but sure. it's amazing if you've got an incredible property, let's say out in Idaho, and you've got this gorgeous setup and you don't want to run the electrical, you know, this is a great option for people, especially if they've got, you know, access to lumber. Yeah. And it's more, I, I, I always have, 
I've always made it the, the distinction where the wood burning part of it seems like it's more of the experience. Like it's, it's more of the, there is, there's even more connection in the 100%. experience of it because you're, you know, if, if you're out there chopping the wood to put in there, you're the one starting the heat. Like, I mean, there's, you have just that one extra layer of connection to it. And not that it's like you're, I, I don't enjoy electric heat in them too, but there, there is something I think for me at least harkens back to like even let's take it even more traditional and detach even more. And that, that's always what I've enjoyed about when, uh, when I have a wood one and I have a buddy who, uh, he has one that he built out of like a, I don't even remember how big the trailer is, but it's a, it's a giant cargo trailer and he built it out of the cargo trailer. So he like lined the inside with insulation and cedar and he's got, and so he travels around with it and, uh, and it's and, it, and he built it out to where there's like a little changing room at the front, yeah. and then there's the actual like it's killer, right? And but it's a it's a wood burning one, and so he travels with in the bed of his truck wherever he's going is where he's got all the wood, and then he'll roll up and you know drop the trailer down and all that kind of stuff, and then wherever he is that's where the sauna is, and so he'll chop it and feed it all the whole time. And and when we go, we were down in South Carolina uh, in February, and he had brought it to this event that we were at down there. And, uh, he basically like runs it all day, like, cause it's, you know, we're at an event and he just, he's in it all day, just like feeding it more, feeding it more. People are coming in and out and in and out for like three days while we're there. And it's like the coolest thing ever. I'm like, dude, this is freaking brilliant. First of all, cause you'd have no idea what it even is. Like if you just see it driving down the highway, you know, like it literally just is a giant cargo trailer. Uh, But then you open it up and it's just like this beautiful, looks like a giant, beautiful sauna inside. And so the, yeah, and it's, and it's a wood burning one too. So I've always just loved that, that wood burning experience just for that. Like, like I said, I feel that connection to it just like a little bit more sometimes, you know, there's something about like that primal, you know, authentic just experience that you it's it's hard to replicate and um if you don't know like what we're talking about you just gotta go try out a wood burning sauna um it's just there's there's something about it that is just it pulls you back to your roots um Mm -hmm. it's it's like mentally like detoxifying there's something about it that you just yeah yeah it is yeah um, so um, I want to spin this into a little bit of a different direction because you do uh, some, so come from kind of the performance standpoint, um, you, you mentioned doing like trail running and I know you've, yeah. I've seen you've done some, uh, some longer distance, like ultra type level stuff, which like I've had a handful of those guys on the show before and I'm, I'm always just so fascinated because it just seems like a bug that you get bit by. You know, like, well, you it's know, like I, a very, <laughs> I've got a, uh, I've got a hunch about that though. Um, so humans, humans, uh, from like a performance perspective in relation to like animals, like we are far inferior. Like it's not even fun. Right. Like, we're so slow. Yep. We are so weak. But if there's two things that humans crush is they could carry and they could go really, really, really far. Yeah, like, they could like. There's no coincidence. Um, yeah, I don't totally. think it's a bug. What I think that ends up happening is that we unlock something in our mind and our genetics when we mm. do, and we're exposed to something long and you know a long suffering or an endurance like an ultra. Um, we unlock something there that kind of sets off like our primal instincts. Yeah, like I need to keep moving. I need to go farther. You know, we're like we're. I truly believe that that's there's something in there in our systems that are yeah that are made for that. And um, you, most of the time when somebody does an ultra marathon, that's not their that's not their only one. Like exactly, there's there's, there's <laughs> many many more. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's because like they they see that there's an application to that experience that they had to everything else that they do in life. And um, you know, for me. You know, I've I've done a number. My dad's done a number. My dad's a legend. He's like Goggins. He's insane. But that's awesome. Um, again, I think that there's something that you know people unlock when they experience this like twelve to twenty four plus hour you know suffering just out in the wilderness. Like we're made to be out there. 
And I would think, and I and I totally agree with that. And I think too, when you think about past experiences of humans throughout throughout history, from just an ex- exploration oh, standpoint, yeah. right? Like if you just think like all the all the pioneers and everybody moving, all the mountain men that were moving out west, even just here in the United States, right? Like we, you even said the phrase like just go a little bit farther. And I know from a hunting perspective, right? Like when I'm up in the mountains hunting, I almost always think like, well, what if I get over that ridge? Like maybe there's something over there, you know? So like, and I know that that's going to be another, you know, two plus hours for me to get down to the bottom and then up the other side. And I'm like, but what if, like, what if the one I'm looking for is over the top of this one? And then I get over there. I'm like, well, what if he's over the top of that one over there? (laughs) Like pretty soon you're like miles and miles back, but it was, it's not even something that you really think about in a sense. It's just like this, like you said, this primal kind of natural I'll just, I'll, I'll go over there a little bit more. I'll keep going that way. I want to see what's over there. It's kind of just this There's inerrant yeah. curiosity. Yeah, that's yeah. the exact yeah. thing I was going to say. So I, I totally think that that's spot on with your analogy to ultras because I, and like I said, I've had a handful of these guys on and every time I do, I'm like, yeah, I probably should. I'll, I'll, I'll go try and just, cause I mean, I used to run track, but I was a sprinter. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, so yeah. like, I, I, you know, it was, yeah, I'm done. Like you tell me to run more than, a, you tell me to run more than a mile or two for like a recovery run. And I'm like, no, I'm done with this. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I, I am just incredibly fascinated by that pursuit of the ultra endurance stuff. And then in even to bring it back to hunting even more, you know, there's the stories of how, like in uh, what was it called? Uh, persistence hunting, right? Where we would, as a you know, as a tribe or wherever we were, these these tribes of people would literally just wear out an animal by running longer than it could run. Like they would just chase it, and it would rest, and they would rest, and then it would go off, and they'd still go after it. Like because a lot of those animals are built for sprints, right. not to run for hours on end at fifty miles an hour, right? Right. So these these hunters would literally just run them until they were tired. And then I'm like, I'm like, that's crazy to think about that. There were guys that could do that. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm saying. I think that humans are super resilient, but um, when you uh-huh. look at what we were made to do, I mean, we were made to go far and we were meant to carry our stuff because we didn't necessarily have homes, right? Like right. you would have to, you know, take your show on the road nearly every single day. So, um, you know, the, I've always, always wanted to get into hunting, specifically bow hunting. Um, yeah, something that I would cr- like absolutely kill to, to start. Um, once I get, you know, our kids a little bit older then I'd love to like include them on that. But I think that this is a year that I'm actually going to buy a bow. That's awesome, dude. Uh, I'll, I'll get you a couple of recommendations too. I'm actually it's- leaving tomorrow to head up on, uh, my archery elk hunt for the week. So I'll be out, I'm heading out in the morning to be up there for five or well, like five ish days or so. Uh, cool. to go see if I can chase something around for a little while, but dude, it's, it's one of those things I've, I picked it up late in, like, I didn't do it as a, as a kid. I was, I, I fished hard and I did a bunch of outdoor stuff, but I wasn't like a hunter or anything until I was out of college and I picked up bow hunting a few years ago. And it's one of those things where you're like, that is a bug. You know, like in oh, it, sure. it bites you hard. <laughs> but and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that there's uh, some things that innately will like you get like bit by the bug. And um, mm-hmm. like when you think about it, like we used to have to like hunt and kill for our food, <laughs> you yeah. know, like so it's still in our DNA. <laughs> you know, we're not yeah, totally <laughs> we're still not that far from it. You know what I mean? No, so, not at all. Yeah. And you th- and you think about the the level of connect, you know, we're talking about connection, right. With connection with other humans in the saunas and experiences and community and stuff. And then you have, you bring that connection in to the food that you eat. Right. And then if you're bow hunting, you think, okay, if I'm going to kill this thing, I got to be inside of 30 yards from this animal. Like, and when you get, you know, and maybe even inside of 20, depending on where you are. Right. And when you're that close, you can like hear the thing breathing. Yeah. You know, like it's crazy to be that close from animals that you know you're trying to kill. Yeah. I mean, because that's what I mean, we try to kind of dress it up and people want to use words like you're harvesting, trying to soften it, right? Like, well, you know, I'm up there actually ending a life. Right. Like right. I gotta be real right. about what it is. But I'm, I'm the thing that um I'm sure you guys talk about on your on your podcast all the time, but um that like that 
kill is probably if done correctly is like the best case scenario for that animal to die oh absolutely absolutely yeah. it's the most it's the it's the quickest yeah like the quickest death that animal would ever have in its life if it's a you know if it's a well-placed shot right. that you right. hit right where it's supposed to right right yeah. and i don't think people realize that though uh, because we just have no. such a disconnect from how we actually eat the meat that we eat on a daily basis from actually mm -hmm. like how it's killed. Um, so it's just, it's super fascinating. Yeah, man. I'm, I, I think you'd be just from a personality, just, I mean, just already from you and I talk and I can tell like personality wise, you're going to be someone who, when you start this, you'll be like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm in. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's so cool. That's too funny. Um, so okay, I want to go come back to a little bit of the ultra stuff and some of the training stuff. Yeah. Um, as far as it relates to performance and then tying this back into this sauna stuff before for you personally, what have you noticed and how are you implementing it from a performance standpoint to help you, you know, if you're doing races still, how do you prepare for races? How do you, how are you recovering? Like what's kind of your um, protocol with the sauna for that? And what are you, what effects are you noticing? Yeah, for sure. So, um, there's so many benefits to, to sauna. It's not even funny, you know, whether or not it's strength training, it's, you know, aerobic endurance, whether it's for, um, uh, even like anaerobic, like threshold work. Uh, what we're finding is that sauna is an exercise mimetic, meaning that, uh, most people, when they think exercise is like this active bout, like they have to do something. Whereas sauna, you actually just go into the sauna and you sit there. But because the heat stress is so um, is so high, your heart rate will elevate to a zone two state typically. If you're not as conditional, probably elevate even higher into a zone three or even a zone four. And uh, a zone two state is 60 to 70% of your max heart rate. So, you know, like for me, if I'm able to keep, you know, my heart rate between like 115 to like 135 in a sauna for about 20 minutes, I'm actually getting like aerobic endurance work in the sauna while I'm sitting there. Um, but, you know, at the same token, uh, it's increasing circulation. It's actually like helping me uh, uh, channel in like my, my protein. So like everybody, we got proteins all over our body, but actually sauna helps preserve the three-dimensional structure of it. So like... I get more benefit out of my strength training sessions then, right? So if I train two to three times weekly, strength train like, you know, dead squat bench, uh, some hit work and like some accessory, I'm actually able to get more benefit because there's like a growth hormone release. There's an uh, increase in like testosterone, a lot of good things that happen with sauna, but at the same time, again, it preserves the three dimensional structure. So like, as it pertains to my training as an ultra endurance athlete, I'm able to be able to keep my heart rate lower when I run because again, mm -hmm. I get, I build a better aerobic foundation. I'm able to preserve my muscle uh, because I do not like just being super lean uh, when I'm running. Like yeah. I want to strength train so I can look the aesthetic as uh, of a strength of a strength athlete while running. Um, and then also at the same time, it helps uh, improve recovery, right? So like if I had just had a long run, and I need to, uh, you know, decrease the muscle soreness or, and decrease the window it takes for me to be able to get out and do it again. Like a typical bout for, uh, like a true recovery bout, like if I'm trying to be a hundred percent recovered is about 72 hours, give or take like on a muscle group or like, a um, uh, a functional pattern. Mm -hmm. What we're finding is that sauna actually decreases that 72 hour window in some cases even brings it down to like 48 hours. So like if I'm able to get back oh, wow. to the forest even quicker than great. Um, so yeah, I mean, sauna plays a humongous role in that. Um, but again, it all depends on like how, like what your training age is, what your uh, sure. acclimation to training is. Um, you know, for me, I've been running ultras since I was 17. So like I'm, a, I'm a adapted to that endurance or I should say in, uh, to a specific um, uh, length, you know, length of race or about yeah. of uh, miles. Um, like my dad, for example, he, uh, started ultra running when he was 48, he's now 60. He's ran 142 marathons or greater of distance since then. So that includes whole, that includes cow. 50 milers, that includes hundred Ks, like the whole thing. Um, so what was crazy about him is that in November of this past year, he got diagnosed with tongue cancer 
And so when he went in for his surgery, they had to remove a large portion of his tongue and then take skin and veins from his arm to recreate a new tongue. So he had to relearn how to talk. But right after he suffered a terrible stroke as well. So they actually had to open up his brainstem, catheterize through the top of his head, the whole thing. He was supposed to be paralyzed. And so to give you an idea of like how resilient people's bodies are and how quickly they can adapt back to training. Um, a month ago, he ran 39 miles after being diagnosed with all this stuff, right? So like within six months, he ran, he got back to running 39 miles. And then this past weekend, he ran another trail marathon. So it's, it's one of those things where like, if you condition your body uh, enough to these like ultra events or even strength training or whatever your endeavor is, and you do it consistently over time, your body will bounce back into that shape as long as you get back to training consistently once you're able. Um, so it's, it's super cool seeing how resilient the body is. What is your, uh, you know, base level protocol for sauna, like in a week, right? I mean, are you trying to hit it a minimum of this many times? And then when you're in, what's your duration that you're in and you're kind of your side, like if we're talking just not necessarily training for a race performance or whatever, but if I'm just talking health and this is like what everybody should be doing, what's kind of the general recommendation that you guys have? Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, um, I try to do four to five times weekly, 15 to 20 minutes around 200 degrees. I feel great in that realm i've been able to heat adapt up to about 200 anything past 200 to me i find is like kind of just like an ego thing um Mm. or if i do past 200 it's usually because like we're hosting people and we just want to have a lot of fun and just like see what people are made of you know from a mental fortitude perspective uh but the 15 to 20 minutes to me gives me like that threshold of like i want to get out of here it's very hot and allows me to be able to like kick in to another you know uh, level of like perseverance or like that channel might like see Sue and have to mm-hmm. move to that next level um, and just persist for another two to three to five minutes depending on like when that wall hit. So, sure. yeah. We, and you guys are doing to do that prior to bed. Oh, go ahead. I would say. Um, so the timing is always key. What we're finding is that sauna prior to bed is absolutely massive for sleep. So if, if we, if you have this long, or I should say, if you, if you hit a sauna, let's say like an hour before bed, your body goes above natural baseline of, of uh, body temp, and then it's going to compensate mm-hmm. in the opposite direction to cool itself off. Right. So mm-hmm. what, what does your body try to do when it sleeps? It tries to cool itself off. Right. It's one of the reasons why mm-hmm. we try to get people to sleep in, you know, 65 to 70 degree rooms. It's because we're trying to decrease our natural body temperature. So this actually helps expedite that process of cooling off your body. So you're, you're able to get to uh, sleep quicker and you're able to stay asleep. When you are doing your, your four to five sessions a week, do you mix in any of the contrast stuff with the cold in any of those? Like how often are you guys doing that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love incorporating cold with sauna. There's something about it. Um, I would say like right now we're probably doing it like one to two times weekly with, with cold sure. as a contrast mm-hmm. protocol. And when we do that, it's, we're always hosting people over at our house when we do it. Um, yeah, I just find like buying ice right now, uh, <laughs> like just for myself isn't worth it. But unless if we've got a bunch of people coming over, then I'll do it. Uh, but we do have an outdoor right. shower that we use that I love, uh, that has like 50 degree water that like gets the job done. It gets me cold and oh, nice. makes me shiver just for a second. And then I get back into the song. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. The, we, we mentioned it before, but like we're coming up on, you know, or up here in Idaho and yeah, I guess you guys in Ohio, it won't be too long before it's cold and then stays cold yeah. for a long time. So those, you know, hundred gallon stock tanks <laughs> that I've got, like yeah. just fill it up and, you know, I'll probably have to refill it every few weeks if I, you know, if it gets yeah. dirty, but like, I don't need to put ice in it pretty right. soon. <laughs> It'll right. just have a nice couple inch sheet of ice yep. every morning just from down, just it yeah. being outside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. exactly. Sure. The, um, so with, uh, I actually want to ask you a couple questions about on the business side of things uh, with this, this venture that you guys have gotten into in the, in the last year plus. This is from a market standpoint, you know, like we said, this is really kind of the trendy thing right now in health is a lot of the sauna and ice stuff. And, you know, how are you guys navigating that to stand out instead of just 
seeming like it's everybody wants to do something in saunas and cold. Pl- I mean, because every time I scroll Instagram, I get an ad for a new cold plunge oh, bath so many company. Out there. You know, what I mean, it's like every third story is a new one that I'm seeing. And so it's like, yeah, at some point it seems like it's just way too saturated. Right. But I don't feel just because of the, like we said, it's a little bit, it's a little bit less accessible for saunas for people. So like, how are you guys kind of navigating that in order to bring them to as many homes and whatever as possible, you know? Yeah. Um, again, I, I think, um, uh, we always rest like on our true mission, like our, our purpose, uh, which is just bring, making sauna accessible and getting people educated on like what sauna yeah. is about. And, um, you know, I don't like being a product first brand. Like to me, like that is so unattractive because it's like people don't want to be shoved with product down their throat all the time. Uh, for us, it's more so like building a tribe around uh, this brand and this concept. And so for us, it's been really about building that tribe, building that community of people who are being educated on sauna and like really want to know the benefits of sauna and are wanting to share those benefits with sauna, uh, or of sauna Mm -hmm. with, with their people. Um, another thing for us is just being like, you know, for us is creating like the most premium and quality experience possible, right? Like Right. There's there's many companies that are buying from Alibaba right now, and it's the same thing as the cold emergency mm. space, uh, and then throwing their logo on it, and then talking about the you know the benefits of sauna and and ice. Um, I just I'm a believer of doing things the right way, caring for the customer, mm-hmm. and building a community and doing it the right way. Um, so like for us, it's just doing things you know the way that they're supposed to be done, and so that's you know for us we're it's one of the reasons why we've had growth is that I think people can see the quality of, you know, the care that we have for the customer, the quality Mm -hmm. of care we have for our community and the quality of care that we have for our product and the experience that people Mm -hmm. have in our saunas. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was, when I asked the question, that's where I was coming from, from a lot of it too, is because I see just from, you know, the, the social media presence that you guys have, like that the community aspect of it's really huge. And I think especially with, like you said, how many of what are essentially the same products with just different logos on them because of where they come from, you know, uh, how many of those pop up now? I think people have a really good BS meter these days when it comes to social media. As easy it is, as, as easy as it is for people to get fooled by stuff, I think even more so we our BS meters for stuff has gotten that much better, which is good. You know? And mean, so that heightened awareness. it becomes apparent, it becomes apparent when like a product or a company or whatever seems like, Oh, these, this seems like it's different than all these other ones. And I, maybe I don't know why, but this seems like it's different, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. I think, um, again, for us, it's just the, the quality it's, uh, making sure that the, the customer has a great experience all the way throughout. You know, like the hundred percent satisfaction guarantee for us is massive. Like I, mm-hmm. again, like I would feel so guilty if I created a product or put my you know name on a product and somebody did not have a good experience with it. Like I would want to change it, right? I would want to make sure that like they're taken care of, and um, you know that's that's what we want people to know is that you know we want them to have great sauna experiences time and time again for years and share it with others. So. And so as far as your guys' actual ordering process, I mean, I know you mentioned because of who is building these and where it's coming from, you're able to cut that down. But what is the general process of somebody that wants to order one? What does that look like compared to maybe how long it would take? Yeah. You know, even how you were doing it prior, right? When you were using a separate manufacturer, like what's the difference in that versus how you guys have it going now? Yeah. So let's say you buy a sauna. Um an order, an order is placed, it goes, you know, we utilize Shopify, it's been great, it's been streamlined. And within four weeks, your, your sauna will then ship. So that means that, you know, our Amish team will literally handcraft your barrel, get it created and then sent out. Uh, Blake, who runs our, all of our operations is so good with customer care and he's always, you know, walking the, the customer through and letting them know, like, these are the things that you need to know to make sure like you have the best sauna experience. And so when your sauna arrives, you're fully prepped for it. Um, but like typically in industry standards, like eight to 12 weeks for a sauna to ship, um, sometimes mm-hmm. even more. Um, I was just reading somewhere that it's like 10 months still for uh, a couple companies. 
So, you know, we've been, oh able, we've been able to like really stay true to that three to, you know, three to four weeks. Uh, and then we ship and that's been obviously great for the customer because that allows them to be able to get an electrician lined up to wire the heater, get the, the line out to the site of the sauna, allows them to prep the site for the sauna yep. and then, you know, build it out. So. How easy is it to put together? I mean, is it like if you were just to ship it to somebody can, you know, yeah. is it just high stakes grown up Lincoln logs basically, or do you need somebody that needs a little bit more experience? No. So that was the, one of the fun parts about this business is that we wanted the assembly to be the easiest on the consumer. So when somebody buys one of our saunas, they're able to build it out with them and another person within like three to four hours. Um, you know, I remember, oh, nice. I remember building my sauna in my backyard from the different, um, when we were a dealer of the other manufacturer, it took me like two full days. And so I just, I didn't want that. Oh, wow. I didn't want that for our customers. I wanted this to be simple. It's one of the reasons why we've been able to scale it as well, because, uh, the easiness of the assembly, you just have to have very basic carpentry skills to understand, you know, like you need to know, sure. you need to know how to use a drill and you need to know how to use a hammer and nail and you're good. So, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, so I was just going to say, this is hammer. This is nail. Yeah. Like, that's... No, truly. Yeah. <laughs> just few people. It's a great project. Yeah. Honestly, like one of my favorite things is uh, building out a sauna with somebody. Um, cause there's, there's a point of pride in that. Mm -hmm. And, um, like when you're able to build out your own sauna that you'll have for many, many years to come, um, you'll always remember that, that experience with the loved one or like the, the friend that you built it out with. It's just like a point of like, it's just an awesome memory, core memory. So that's awesome, man. Uh, we got a few minutes here wrapping up. Um, I want to come back to, uh, a couple of questions about your training, just cause I'm curious if there's anything, uh, race wise that you're coming up on or have anything that you're training for yeah. and what is that looking like for you right now? For sure. For sure. Uh, so, uh, my, uh, upcoming race is running man. So I'm going to do the, the 50 K I'm not sure if you've heard of running man, but it's down in, uh, Kingston, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's on a okay. mile track and a grass track. And then the center of this mile track is a, uh, the largest sauna in the world that's being built out. It's a 500 person sauna. And then there's cold plunges in the infield and then, <laughs> and then glamping tents. So it's just going to be like this really cool experience. You should look it up if you haven't heard of it. Um, and then November, December, I'm also going to throw on probably another, you know, like 50 or so mile or, um, race. And then in March of this coming year, uh, my dad and I are going down to Antarctica and we're running an ultra marathon in Antarctica. So that's like, like the, the, I wouldn't say Minnesota. No way. You know, it's going to be fun. Um, and like challenging, but I don't think it's going to be like the most challenging thing ever. Um, if it was like a hundred miles or 50 miles in Antarctica where you're like questioning, like if I'm going to be able to complete this, then it would be a little bit different, but, um, I'm so excited about that. I didn't even know you could do that. I didn't even think they let just people walk around Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's part, it's part of a running group and, uh, we fly into Buenos Aires for four days, spend time there. And then you fly from there down to the southernmost city in the world, which is in Argentina called the Chuya, and then you get on a boat and then you go down the boat down to Antarctica. So it's gonna be a blast. That's insane. Have you have you done it before and been down there not. before? I have not. This this will be like a one one and done type of uh, type of trip. And then okay. uh, next year, once my wife is done breastfeeding and uh, with our daughter Charlie, uh, we are definitely gonna, I'm definitely gonna throw on another hundred miler on, onto the books. I just don't know which one it's going to be. Mm. Have you done any out here in the Northwest or Rocky area? I haven't, but you're, I feel like you're going to give me a reason to pop out there and, uh, both on <laughs> hand. I'll be, I'll run. be searching for races just yeah. to get you to come yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. So, so cool. That's Boy, awesome. you're, when you, when you're training for this stuff, it seems like you kind of just are in a stay ready throughout the year type of thing, or do you still plan everything pretty cyclically for your training? No, I try to just stay ready. Um, it's more fun that way. I'm yeah. more like in, engrossed into the daily process of being able to run strength train. I try to run and strength train daily. Um, you know, if my body needs rest, I know when it's, when it needs rest, I'm kind of in tune with that. So if I need to take a rest of it, I will, but most yeah. of the time I'm running or training each day and then I'll vary intensities and, and, uh, mileage, um, uh, and volume from there. But most of the time I'll wake up early, like around five, 
run and then be done by like 6.30 or so, wake up the kids around 6.45 with my wife and then, you know, breakfast and then, you know, get them on the road. And then probably strength train yeah. around lunchtime or, or uh, in the evening after the kids go down. That's awesome, man. Well, dude, we're, we're coming right up on an hour, so I'll let you get out of here. Um, thank you for making time today. I had a blast talking to you about all this. Uh, before, we, before we close out, though, um, do all the plugs for the socials, for the website, for everything, so people can go and check out your guys' stuff and what you guys are making. It's awesome. Thank you. Uh, so sisulifestyle.com, that's S-I-S-U lifestyle.com to check out all of our saunas. And then uh, sisu, S-I-S-U underscore sauna on Instagram. That's where we have our most presence. And then personally, you can find me at Peter Nelson II on Instagram. Um, but again, like if you guys ever have any questions regarding sauna, uh, ultra, anything, or you just want to chat, I'm an open book. I always love to talk. So That's awesome. Well, Pete, thanks, man, for making time again. I really appreciate it, dude. Yeah, likewise, Ross. That was so much fun. Thank you for the opportunity.